Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. Here's Jesus. He comes. He goes to the cross. He purchases sin. He purchases everything that redemptively that he came to do to reestablish a relationship with us and God. And he defeats the enemy at the cross. With Pastor Jay Petty. Something's got a hold on you. I'm going to tell you, take it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Get in that word of God that says you're free. Pray that through. Come through. Find the victory that's been purchased for you. Don't stay there no more. Don't live there no more. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. Who was it? It was Jesus, right? He became the captain, right? He triumphed over it, right? His word triumphs over it, right? When I believe what he says, and I believe that by faith, then I overcome it. Now, let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday sermon. Part of the redemptive package of what Jesus bought at the cross for you and me was that he, he has the availability to always be in our presence. Through his blood, we are brought near him. His blood brings us near into his presence. And that's something that's a, that's a covenant promise. So, you know, sometimes you feel, where are you, God? And let me tell you something. The only thing you have to remember is that, that the blood and the sacrifice of Christ was paid for so that you could be near him, not some of the time, but all of the time. He's your shepherd, always. He's going to lead you in and out of green pastures. He's going to lead you in the, in the valley of the shadow of death. He's going, to, he's, he's going to be there no matter what you walk through. No matter what danger. He is, he's going to comfort you in the midst of it. And that's a promise. But it's blood bought. It's blood paid for. It's redemptively purchased for you and me who believe in a son. I think many times what we don't understand about the redemption is what God did and what his work does. And when we feel it absent from our life, we need to submerge ourselves into the truth of his word prayerfully until we experience the fullness of it. I want to talk about Jehovah Nissi this morning, which means the Lord is our banner, our captain, our victor. When it was when by the cross Christ triumphed over all the principalities and powers. You know what that means? Is that in him, the enemy has no victory except what you give him. That's it. Jesus already openly displayed them as being defeated. So, what does that mean? It means that when you're in the midst of the terrible storm in your life, you know that God's already given you victory. That you already have victory in what you're walking through, no matter what it is. I don't think there's anything redemptively that God hasn't paid for that man didn't sacrifice when Adam did in disobedience to what God asked him to do. It's funny, the this, this sin thing came. And when sin came, man died. End of story. Jesus came to restore what the first Adam lost. 
And that's what we're talking about. That God is our victory. We, we can depend upon that. And in, the, in, the, in Exodus 17:15, Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with the Amalek from one generation to the next. So God, it's like you can see here, even in the midst of a, a conflict, even a conflict between nations, God still honors his people. And he still gives us victory. So when you're in the midst of a battle with something in the world, just understand that God's already provided your victory in that. Walk through it. And if you don't understand it, submerge yourself in the truth of his word. Pray through until you see Jehovah Nisi be Jehovah Nisi for you. I think many times as Christians we, we hear things and we say, well, I believe that. But the real test is that we're in the midst of the battle. Where are we going to stand? What are we going to do? How are we going to find victory in this? And the truth of that, in Colossians 1.13, it says, For he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Say, I'm free. I'm free from what? The enemy of my soul. I'm free from everything that he tries to destroy me with because it's nothing but darkness. Jesus, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he has delivered you. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to face it. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to walk through it. What it does mean is by faith you know you have victory, no matter what it is. Why? Because God has already triumphed. Over all of them. Uh, and it goes, uh, And conveyed us unto the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins. So through this redemptive purchase, we, our sins are forgiven. First John, what does it say? Even if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father who cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That word means continually, continually cleanses us, continue, so we can have that presence with God so that we can be drawn near to God through the blood. It's through the blood. You don't ever have to worry about being alone or not having a friend. You sang it this morning. I am a friend of God. Jesus said, servants don't know what the master's doing. But you are no longer that. You are my friends. And a friend will always tell you what's going on. And Jesus is our friend. No matter what we have to walk through. No matter where we go through. In Colossians 2.13 it says, And you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcised in your flesh, was made alive together with him, having forgiven you of all trespasses. Everything, anything that you could ever imagine has been forgiven. Having wiped out the handwritten requirements 
that was against you. That was the law. He who moved that out of the way, and uh, which was contrary to you. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Now I want to tell you something about that. Every redemptive thing, you're going to have to nail it to the cross. If you want to, if, if, if you understand one thing, he bought my sin at the cross so that I could have salvation. I give him my sin. He gives me salvation. He gives me freedom from sin and the power of sin. That's the great transfer. That's what the, the power of the gospel message has always been about. It's about freeing us from the things that had held us our, all our whole life. Having disarmed the principalities and powers, he made a public display of them, triumphing over them in it. Here's Jesus. He comes. He goes to the cross. He purchases sin. He purchases everything that redemptively that he came to do to reestablish a relationship with us and God. And he defeats the enemy at the cross. He takes his power away from him. He triumphs over him. They thought they were triumphing over him. Ah, oh, yeah, we'll kill him, get him out of the way. They didn't realize that when they killed him, it made him the power of God in the earth. That thing that always kept mankind from God was taken out of the way. And all of a sudden, you and me, we, we get to have a relationship with the God of creation. Through the blood of Christ. It's so powerful. The enemy is always trying to lie to us and make us believe something that's not true. Something's got a hold on you, I'm going to tell you, take it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Nail it to the cross. Get in that word of God that says you're free. Pray that through. Come through. Find the victory that's been purchased for you. Don't stay there no more. Don't live there no more. Because as long as you do, he will, he will pound you and pound you and pound you. Jehovah Tiskanu, which is translated, uh, the Lord is righteous. He became our righteousness by bearing our sins on the cross. What righteousness is, means I have a right standing with God. I am more than able to come to him at any time into his presence and have fellowship and communion with the Father through the Son. It's not about feeling. It's not whether I feel it or not. Right here, he is our righteousness. His blood bought our sin. And we can come to the Father no matter where, no matter when, no matter how far we seem, we can come by faith and say, God, Father, I need your help. And it's available to you. I need your presence. It's available to you. I need to be near you. <coughs> it's available to you. <coughs> I got to have some water. Sorry. I popped my knee yesterday simply because of what I'm going to talk about next. What should you do? Steal my water? Oh.
So, it's what he did at the cross. And that's the most important thing that you need to understand about all of this. Jesus did it. You don't have to. You just need to learn how to believe and come around by faith. And say, okay, God, this is mine. And I'm going to pray until I get it. I'm going to study the word until I get it. It's funny when you get past these things and you begin to experience them, how powerful they are. He is our peace. I'll use this as illustration again. I'll use the other one. He's there. I was in my prayer closet when I lived in Central Heights, and I just couldn't feel Jesus, couldn't feel his presence. One day it would just be overwhelming. The next day I couldn't feel anything. It didn't mean that he wasn't there. It just meant that I couldn't feel it. And so you know what I did? I, I, I said, God, what's wrong? What's going on here? See? It's funny, when you, when you begin to experience his presence in your prayer life, in your worship life, you want more of that. I'm sorry, that's just what you want. You want a deeper place with that in your life. One day, it's just like he told me. The word he gave me was, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And as soon as I said, okay, God, I know you're here because I know what your word has told me, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. Man, that thing broke. It just broke. And the presence of God flooded in. And I never, never had another problem with experiencing the presence of God. See, but what's it say? He says, I, in that covenant that he purchased, then, and he said, I will be there. Where? In you. Now, the devil steal that from you. He'll steal any of these things from you if you'll, if you'll believe them. But he can't take something from you that God has given you by truth. The truth makes you free. Free to experience the fullness of what God has purchased for you. So, in Romans 5.17 it says, If by one man's offense sin reign through one, uh, through one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Adam brought it. Adam brought it. Sin spread to every human being. In fact, we still live in the corruption of it. We're still held by the power of it in the universe. But there's something different from that than what Jesus has done for us. He came to restore what Adam lost. Wow. All of it. Not some of it. All of it. You say, well, how's that? We still die, of course. But your body, your body will be at the resurrection. Your mortal, if you're dead, your body will be changed from mortal to immortal, from incorruptible, from corruptible to incorruptible. When he comes back, he's going to say, he's going to call you and say, come, come forth at the last trump, come, come forth. 
And you're going to come up out of that. Your body's going to come up out of that grave. And you're going to, and you're going to get your body back fully recovered, fully restored. Brand new. Brand new hair. <laughs> brand new body. <laughs> it's coming. If you belong to him, that's the part of the redemptive package that Jesus promised he would restore. Not just some of it. Come on. We've got to live by faith in what he's promised us. And uh, so, you know, his grace abounds. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. It's more than enough to take care of sin. Romans 10.10 For with the heart one believes... Unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession unto salvation. I say that. Faith. I can say it all day here, but I have to believe it here for it to become real. I've got to believe it in my heart. I've got to believe every part of it in my heart. That Jesus, what he did, he did for me. And I believe that. And I pray that over when I don't experience it. And I dig in until I do. Because what do you want? You want what God has for you. And see, and, and you can say it over and over in the mouth. Well, you know, Lord, I'm healed. Lord, I'm healed. Lord, I'm healed. And never experience it in your body. Until you really believe here that you are. And how are you going to believe it here Unless faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You have to hear what the Word says. You have to know that it is the will of God. You have to know it's what God has for you through the redemptive payment of His blood. When you get to that place, it becomes more powerful. Much more than having been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Saved where? When? Now. It's through the blood. That's what makes us righteous, is the blood. It's by faith, in the blood. By the cross. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In, it, in him we have redemption, through his blood. Uh, and forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. If you sin, it says we have an advocate with the Father. Repent. Ask for forgiveness. It's forgiven. It's gone. Maybe not in your head, but in the face of God, it's gone. He doesn't see it anymore. We have to begin to see it the way he sees it. You understand what I'm saying? It, it, we, we've got to believe it. That's why we need to restore our mind, renew our mind to the truth that is in the word. Because as we renew it to that very fact, that if I confess it, Jesus forgives it. If I repent, Jesus remits it. It's gone. Now the devil, see, 
there's where he comes to you and he tries to make you feel regret, regret and guilt and all the other things trying to accuse you. But who's triumphed over him? Who was it? It was Jesus, right? He became the captain, right? He triumphed over it, right? His word triumphs over it, right? When I believe what he says and I believe that by faith, then I overcome it. It's all by... I'm telling you this morning that all of this is by faith. Every part of it. The last one, which is the first covenant God made with Israel when they came across the Red Sea, was the covenant of Jehovah Rapha. This pertains to you. All of these do. It's translated, I, the Lord, am your physician, or I am your healer. A lot of people struggle with this. Why? It's because we expect that when the Word says something, it should just automatically happen. Well, God wants you to dig deeper than that. Doesn't mean it's not true. But God wants you to understand what it means and how you get there and how to build faith in it. And, he, and, he put, and it's, it says, the name is given to reveal to us the redemptive privilege of being healed. A privilege is a purchase by the atonement. God made an ordinance that he is Jehovah Rapha after the atonement. And from that point on, Israel's clothes didn't wear out, and they didn't get sick and die from diseases. You don't want to go, but go back and read it. That's what it says. They are free. And the thing that got them in trouble is when they rebelled against God. That's when things got rough on them. But even then, when they would make a sacrifice... God would stop the plague. He would stop this. He would restore them. Our atonement was in Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. This promise was made 2,000 years ago for you and me. uh, It says the privilege is purchased through the atonement. (coughs) For Isaiah in the redemptive chapter declares surely... He has bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. I want to ratify that because when you look in your Bible, you're going to see griefs and sorrows. The word is choli and mekoff. Every place else in the Bible that those two words come means sicknesses and pains. He hath bore our sicknesses, and carried our pains. That's what it means. I want you to get that in your head. I'm going to give you a translation here in a minute. That Jesus did it already. He already purchased it. It's already been, he already carried it to the cross. That word bore and carry is a word that means, uh, as a sacrificial word. It's so like when they had two sheep and one they put the sins on and throw it out 
and it would go out into the wilderness and the other one they would sacrifice and it would atone for the sin of the people. You know, in the Old Testament, I don't know if you realize how much sacrifice went on. Anytime you sinned, you had to go sacrifice something. Because the blood had to atone for that sin. Sorry, that's just the way it was. That was the law. That's what the law, you had to follow the law. That's why those written things and have been nailed to the cross, because they don't exist for us anymore. God wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to believe by faith. He wants us to know by faith the provisions of the cross for you and me. And one of those provisions are, is in this piece of scripture. In Exodus 15, 26 says, If you diligently heed my voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in the sight and give an ear to his commandments... And keep all the statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the God who heals you. Now, I'll sh share something with you. This is where this comes to play. One group stood on one mountain, another group stood on another mountain. One had the blessings. The other had the curses. When you look at the curse of the law, it was the ones, that curse was what the one that was recited. For, and, and every one of those curses ended up with sickness and disease. Which God says, I won't put on you. Now Israel walked for 40 years in the wilderness free of it. Free of it. God ordained the fact that he is the God who heals. He is the physician their physician, and he was able to stop it and start it according to them. He said, get it, understand, if you do what I tell you, if you listen to my ordinances, these things won't come on you. But every time they broke that, every time the curse of sin would come and people would die, then there had to be a sacrifice. To atone for those sins. I want you to get that. To atone for those sins in order to stop the curse from moving any further. Every time. Now I got news for you. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Atone for it. Galatians 3. Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Wow, isn't that amazing? Jesus took our curse at the cross. And he purchased our curse. And it was nailed to the cross where he was nailed to that cross and where his blood atoned for it. We don't have to do a sacrifice every time anymore. We just have to look to the cross and say, God, that's been atoned for. Lord, that's been paid for. Lord, that's been bought and paid for. Whatever's going on in me, Lord, it's been paid for. See, way two years ago, the Lord spoke to me before I had the zipper put in. You know what he told me? 
if you will study healing, I'll heal you. I got slack. <laughs> so I ended up with a zipper. But I understand why he was trying to tell me that. Because he's the restorer of the body. He just didn't save your soul, my friends. He saved you. Not just part of you, all of you. When he, when he carries our sicknesses and our pains, when he bore them as he bore our sin at the cross, they were paid for in full. But you know it's not preached, is it? It's never preached. How many times do you hear about this message being preached? Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You have to hear it by faith. That's what he's saying. Isaiah 53, 1. I'm going to read it from here, then I'm going to read it from another. Who has believed, very important, our report. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You have to believe the report or the word of God. That's how it works. Doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes, you know how long it took you to get saved? From the first time you ever heard the message that Jesus saves? A long time, wasn't it? Some of you heard it when you were little kids going to Sunday school. Isn't it amazing? I heard it all my life and didn't want anything to do with it. I tried to run away from it. I ran right into it. But I had to come to a place to believe it for me. Not what my mama believed, not what anyone else believed, but what I believed. Those seeds that God put in my heart, when they purchased for me, when I believed it and confessed it, I was saved. Wow. Changed my whole world. Just as it changes yours. It doesn't matter about whatever it is. Everyone, no matter whom they are, has to have those seeds planted in their heart. And they have to be watered. And they have to be uh, patiently wait for the growth of that, of that seed in your heart. Once it comes, I'm telling you, once it comes, once it starts to grow, it's going to produce fruit in you. And once it produces fruit in you, you're going to have that very thing that you believe. You don't have to earn this. You just have to believe it. Surely he has bore our sicknesses, choli, and carried our pains, makop. Yet we esteemed him smitten and striken by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for, how many of you believe he was wounded for your transgressions? Come on, raise your hand if you believe that. You do, don't you? That's how you got saved. Why is that? Why can't we believe that and we can't believe the rest of it? Well, that doesn't work. It, that died out with the apostles. If it did, how come people are still getting healed? 
He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And his chastisement for our peace was upon him. What his chastisement, his punishment is what brings us into the presence of his peace. Purchased. Anytime you need it. God, I need peace. It's there. Why? Because he's in you. And because it's been bought and paid for. Now, you can let the devil steal that from you. And if you do, you're going to be miserable. I promise you. But when you start to pray for it, God, I need peace. You start to study the word and you see what the word says about that peace. You see what God's offering in you in that peace. And you begin to pray that until, and you water those seeds. One of these days, it's going to break forth and you're just going to, you're going to, be flooded with the peace of God, and you're just going to know. You're going to know it and understand that peace. You're going to experience it. God's word was meant to experience through faith. That's the power of all of it. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity or the punishment for us all. He took yours and he put it on Jesus. And then he nailed him to a tree to, to atone for it. That's what he did. Isaiah 53 says, It had pleased the Lord to bruise him. We were bruised for our iniquities, remember? But it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to put on him the sickness. Choli. And when, you, and, and when you make his soul an offering for guilt, our guilt, to, and to see his seed shall be, ne shall be prolonged his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall, be, shall prosper in his hands. That's what God did. God did it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to earn it. You just have to believe it. You want to walk free? Then believe the word. Submerge yourself in the truth of that freedom. Pray it through till it produces fruit in you. And when, you, and when you wake up one day, it's going to be living in you and living through you. And you're going to be experiencing the fullness of everything that it pertains to. I don't care what it is. You cannot do this. You can't prove yourself. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. This isn't about you. It's about him. And it's about what he's done for you. And you believing what he's done for you. I'm going to read read this thing, this scripture in a different light. Third verse, he was despised and left of men, a man of pain and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses Chloe, he hath bore. That's a vicarious word. Meaning that he carried it. 
Right here it says that, that uh, surely our sicknesses, choli, he hath bore on himself. He took heart disease, cancer. He took the curse of sin, no matter what it is. He took it. He took it. Right here it says that he took yours. All those bones that's not working too well. He took yours. We shouldn't die from sickness and disease. What we should die from is when Jesus says, get up here. You know in the Old Testament when Aaron took off the, the cloak of the priest, what happened? He died. We're priests. We're priests. We're of the priestly order. We're a kingdom of priests. Why should it be any different for us than it was for him? It's not. And our pains, Makoff, he carried them, he carried them. And we esteemed him, plagued, smitened of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, and he is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace is on him, and by his bruises, or by his stripes, or by the trickling of his blood, we are healed. It's not we might be, or we are healed. We are healed. God meant what he said, and it means what he does. He wants us to believe in the redemptive package that Jesus paid for us. Verse 6, all of us like sheep wandered, each to his own way of turn, and Jehovah has caused to meet on him the punishment of us all. Everything that you've ever done. He did it 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, he did it. He took everything that you should be punished for. And he became that punishment for us. Verse 10. And Jehovah has delighted to bruise him. And he had made him sick. If his soul doth make an offering for guilt. And his seed he prolongeth days. Verse 12. With the transgressors he... He was numbered, and his sin of many he hath bore, and has transgression he has interceded. Jesus. You don't need any more than anything else than Jesus. That's what he did. I'm going to finish with this last verse. Matthew 6. I mean, 8, 16. And the evening had come. They brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. And he healed all who were sick. I want you to hear this. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities, and bore our sicknesses. Matthew is making a direct quote from Isaiah 53. 
This hasn't changed. I think it was funny. I was, I uh, stepped off of the patio and man, my knee popped, and man, it really hurt. So I'm laying in bed last night trying to go to sleep, and it's just, it's just aching me. And I said, oh, sure, Lord. I said, here it is. The enemy's trying to give me a bunch of grief about what I'm going to talk about this morning. See? That's the smoke screen. You didn't say I was going to have to not walk through stuff. He didn't say there wouldn't be temptation. He didn't say there wouldn't be travesty. But what he does say, that I belong to him. And that he's got me. I preach this message to you. Because everywhere I go, I see a bunch of sick people. I see people with bad eyes, bad livers. I see people with uh, uh, all kinds of different things, of kind of diseases, uh, sugar diabetes, cancer. And you know one of the unique things about all of what I'm saying to you t- today? The sooner you get to it, the sooner you dive into it, the sooner you get to that word and prepare yourself for what's coming. Let me, see, let me give you a, a realism about life. We're born, in sick, we're born in sin. We may not like to hear that word, but it's the truth. People have sickness and disease, which causes death. How many people do you know that die, just die of old age? How many people have you seen die from one disease or another? They get sick and you go, oh my God, they're done. Oh, they got cancer, oh, they're done. Oh, it's stage four, they're finished. Oh, that guy's not going to make it. I remember them looking at me in the hospital when I had that bad heart attack. They're looking at me like, dude, you're gone. They, they, they looked at me like with such pity, like I'm dead. All I wanted to say, I ain't going nowhere. Jesus already told me it's going to be okay. I've been okay if I left too, but it, but I'm not going nowhere. Why? Because when I was laid in that hospital, in that in that helicopter flying to Tucson, I said, "Lord, are we done here?" Because let me tell you, it hurt, and it wouldn't it wouldn't let up. It hurt, and I said, "God, are we done here?" And he spoke to me. He says, no, you're going to be okay. From that point on, I knew no matter how bad it hurt, no matter what I had to go through, I was going to get through this. Why? Because Jesus is my victory. It's what he says that happens. It's not what somebody else says that happens. When Annie Guzman was in the hospital, her doctor came out and he goes, I, I'm sorry, but your, your mother, she's, she's done. Her daughter started crying. I said, just wait a minute here. I said, I told her, I said, Carol, let me tell you something. Nothing's done until God says it's done. I said, it's time for us to pray. So we just started praying for her. He comes back in 10 minutes later, and he's, wow, 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 I can't believe it. I can't believe it. He, said, he stayed up all night because he couldn't believe what happened. Well, God happened. 
A miracle happened. That's who God is. Is a miracle working God. You ever read that stuff over there in First uh, Corinthians? You know the third, fourteenth, twelfth chapter. You know the, the the gifts of the Spirit. You know what one of those gifts are? The workings of miracles. You think God's out of the miracle working business? No. The only, the only way he's out of the miracle working business is when people quit believing that he's out of the miracle working business. He's not out of the healing business. What he does need, he needs servants who walk in those things and perform those things because they're called to. But you're never going to get there until they submerge themselves in the Word of God, submerge themselves in prayer until God brings the fullness of that thing in them. It's the only way it works. It's the only way it works. He needs you to walk by faith. That's what he needs. So I say when people go in, well, the, this is like drugs. Oh, the devil, you know, it's the devil's drug. Nobody can get free of it. Oh, <laughs> Jesus made everything, dude. <laughs> Don't tell me you can't get free. You can, but how bad do you want to be free? There's only one place you can get free, and that's in Him. And, and, and you're going to have to get some seeds of faith in your heart that God saved you, that God redeemed you, that you belong to Him. You're purchased with His blood, and what He did is sufficient and enough. He already triumphed over that. He triumphed over that a long time ago. There's nothing that there's nothing new under the sun. God triumphed over everything. Everything that man could do, everything that the enemy could do, Jesus has already been the power over it. It's just when we come to that place and begin to believe He is. Those say, God, where are you? Because He's going to tell you, I'm right here. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.